0: Welcome to our Cloth with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2024. So tempted to say 2023, got to shake that off. Uh, today is the Wednesday in between. Well, what do we call it? The, in the abbreviary, we say. <laughs> between January 2nd and the Epiphany. It's like the second week of Christmas. Uh, So it's the Wednesday before the Feast of the Epiphany, January 3rd. It's also an optional feast day, the Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Wow. I wonder who is speaking to John. Is that the father? Or maybe it's an angel? The one who sent me to baptize. That sounds like it would be the Father, because they're talking about the Son and the Spirit. But he doesn't say, this is my Son. (laughs) But he says, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So yesterday, we were talking about who John the Baptist is. And I talked about knowing who we are in Christ Today, we're talking about who Jesus is, and John says it in a few different ways. The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, as opposed to the Paschal Lamb that protected the people with its blood from the angel of death, as opposed to other lambs that were offered to take away sins, but really in the Old Testament, it was more of a symbolic thing, more of a foreshadowing. In addition to that, he says he ranks ahead of me because he existed before me, even though he is coming after me, even though Jesus is technically younger. The the God man, Jesus, the, the <laughs> Jesus is being on the earth is younger than John the Baptist, but Jesus person. The fact that he is the second person of the Trinity, well, he's existed before time began. So. He's the eternal word, essentially, John the Baptist is saying. He's the Lamb of God who will be sacrificed to take away the sins of the world. And he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Something great is coming. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. Today we have the name of Jesus. I could have done research on this, and then we would be here for three hours because there are so many stories to tell, so many places where we could do some research and find that the name of Jesus has driven out demons. The name of Jesus has cured people. The name of Jesus has toppled oppressive governments. (laughs) The list goes on and on. The name of Jesus drives out the devil, drives out sickness, drives out anxiety. How many of us are struggling with anxiety, sadness, depression in our world today? How many of us are confused? How many of us are lonely? The name of Jesus drives all that out. I highly recommend people to look into Unbound Ministries. I don't mean the missionary group. I mean the group... That does the deliverance prayer. And they teach people how to pray very simply to drive out from whatever is within you that keeps you from peace, that keeps you from, uh, you know, thriving in your life. When we pray in the spirit of unbound, according to the prayers that they have set up, we simply say things like, In the name of Jesus, I renounce. The spirit of, let's just say anxiety. I don't know. There's so many different spirits to renounce. The spirit of self-will or self-loathing. Let's just, That's a good one. Self-loathing. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of self-loathing. In the name of Jesus, I command that spirit to leave. So we learn to claim things in the name of Jesus. We claim the good. We drive out the bad. The name of Jesus is very powerful, so it's very important for us to use that name to understand who we are in Jesus, as I was talking about yesterday, but also to understand who he is and to claim him as that for us. In other words, our Savior. He's not just the Christ. He's my Christ. He's my Jesus He's my friend. He's my brother. In a way, Jesus is our father as well, although he's not the father, the eternal father. But still, if you want to call Jesus your father, you can do that. (laughs) Jesus is very fatherly. Who knows what the apostles called him out of love and affection because he was so many things to them? He was their teacher, he was their rabbi, he was their Lord. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He commanded the seas to be calm. So many things we could say. So I just, I always like to, especially when I'm teaching, I just like to do some basic review of who is Jesus. Then from there to talk about, well, who is Jesus to you? So who is Jesus? Some basics here that I, I just, it's so important. I remember when I was in school and we're talking postgraduate studies our professor, who was a Monsignor, said, every year there's always at least one student that will come up to me and say, did you, I just want to clarify, did you say such and such about Jesus? And he says, it's something you would think is just so basic, things we should have learned in the first grade if we went to Catholic school or CCD. And yet people at the graduate level of theology aren't always clear on things like Jesus is both God and and man he's God and he's the son of God he is the second person of the Trinity who existed before time began he's existed forever and ever and ever eternally begotten of the father so the father is constantly giving him life constantly in a sense giving birth to him and yet he is uh You know, even though the father's generating him, the father's giving birth to him, he's co-eternal with the father. It's been happening forever and ever and ever, and it will happen forever and ever and ever. And yet he was born into time when he was born of Mary from Mary. When he was conceived in Mary, that wasn't his beginning as a person. But that was the beginning of his humanity, his human life. Now God has changed because of Mary's yes. Now the second person of the Trinity is uh, my printer is trying to like talk to me right now. I don't understand this. But anyway, because of Mary's yes. Oh, I see. It's turning off. Jesus is now the God man. Now he's God and man. He's taken on our humanity. We say he's taken on human flesh, but he's taken on more than just our flesh. It's not like he's God in a body, but he's God who has fully taken on our humanity. He has clothed himself in all that is human, and he has become human. His person remains the same. There is one person in Jesus, just one person. We call him Jesus. He's the eternal son of the father, the second person of the Trinity. Yet there's two natures in Jesus, human and divine. So he's fully man. It's not like he's 50% man. Like we say, I'm 50% Italian, 50% Irish. Jesus is 100% God, 100% man. Yet the way he lives on earth is that he empties himself of his divinity. St. Paul says, in other words, he lives as one of us in always except he doesn't sin. But on the level of nature, he's just like us so he has all of our weaknesses all of our limitations he needs to eat he goes to the bathroom he needs affection he needs friendship he 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 lives among us just like us he drinks water right he drinks wine too he probably drinks milk he eats meat he eats a lot of vegetables too i know in the bible there's a lot of indications in the old testament that eating meat is uh, something that came after the fall. You know, even in the prophet Daniel, they eat the vegetables and they're healthier. I know there's all these things. We can go back and forth about vegetarianism and all that stuff. That's not what the sermon is about today. But Jesus definitely, we know, ate meat. <laughs> Jesus was not a vegetarian. But Jesus lived among us in every way except he never sinned. So this is who our Savior is. And by being son of Mary, he's also the son of David. He is the promised Messiah. He is the one predicted throughout the Old Testament. And that has so much meaning to it as well. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies that God will send a Messiah to save his people. So much of that was misunderstood. You have to take the Old Testament as a whole and really come to understand it. I mean, we do this now. We have the luxury of looking back with Christian eyes through the Old Testament. But at the time of Jesus, before they fully understood who he was, they were waiting for a political messiah, a warrior messiah. They had failed to pay sufficient attention to Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah 52 and 53, as well as some of the Psalms that talk about the suffering messiah, who would pay the price for people's sins by laying down his own life. This is why John the Baptist is so clear right at the very beginning. He is the Lamb of God. He's not... The, the king on a chariot who's got a big sword that's going to kill the bad guys. I mean, he is a king. Uh, he doesn't come in on a chariot. He goes into Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, he does have a sword, but it's not a physical sword. You know, we, we refer to the word of God as a sword. You know, he preaches the truth. We we sometimes refer to the rosary nowadays as our weapon, our sword that fights the evil one, something we can tangibly hold and, and use as our weapon. So what else can we say about Jesus? I mean so many things. He's God, he's man, he's the Son of God. He's the Son of Mary, he's the Son of David. He is our friend, he is our teacher, he's one of us, he's our brother. The fact that Mary is our mother, I mean, there's a lot of great theology that goes into that. But at the very least, if Jesus makes himself our brother, that means we're family. That means you can't kick out the mother. Oh, yeah, you don't matter anymore. You only gave birth to him. You're only his top disciple. You're only, I mean, if you believe in the Immaculate Conception, I know I certainly do. (laughs) So there's so many things we could say about Mary. In fact, I wanted to... um, Just as we continue on this year with these podcasts, I wanted to give this particular year a special uh, eye to Our Lady. I I like sometimes to do preaching um, where we just consider Mary in all things. We consider her, how each gospel passage uh, reflects her, because she is the perfect disciple. She's the Immaculate Conception. But I'm just saying for the sake of the sermon, at the very least, she's the mother of Jesus. And therefore... What was it? The Council of Nicaea refers to her as the mother of God. Or no, that was, I'm sorry, Council of Nicaea is condemning Arianism. Um, But it was the uh, against the Nestorians. The Council of Ephesus, I'm sorry, declared Mary to be the mother of God. Because she's mother of the person, and the person is both God and man. You don't just become mother of Flesh, <laughs> you become mother of a person. Mary mothered this person who emptied himself of his divinity and humbled himself to become a baby, then a toddler, then a small child, then an older child, then a teenager, then a young man. Mary was his mother the entire time. And so, this means now for us, for each of us, Jesus takes on so many roles, and really, Jesus, I mean. Sometimes we joke about these things, like in the movie Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby with uh, Will Ferrell. There's a scene where they talk about how they see Jesus. Will Ferrell's like, I like the Christmas Jesus. And then his friend says, well, I see Jesus with a T-shirt at the ro- at a rock concert. <laughs> and they, with a t- I don't know, they go back and forth about how they see Jesus. I don't find, I don't think that scene is uh, disrespectful in any way. I mean, some people might see it that way. Um. In reality, we each have to claim Jesus as our Messiah in our own way. It doesn't take away the truth. We should not take away the truth of who Jesus truly is and the respect and love and reverence he deserves. But at the same time, each of us in our own particular lives needs to take him in a way that he is Messiah to each of us because he loves us. He's there for us in all things. So for me, maybe he's my partner when I go to the movies. I sometimes will go to the movie by myself, and I imagine he's sitting next to me. I bring him with me, and in prayer, I discuss the movie with him. You know why I like this scene and not that scene, why one scene maybe was triggering for me in a bad way. I don't know. I discuss it all with him. He is our Savior. He came, his blood wipes away our sins. So we need to go to him with our sins. We need to go to him with our our gratitude and our thanksgiving. There's so many different ways we can see Jesus, so many different ways we can talk to him, so many ways we can talk about him. And so just as I was saying yesterday, we each need to consider who we are and who we are in Christ. I would challenge everybody today to consider who Jesus is to you and to build on that, let that grow, let Jesus become more and more and more everything to you. We often think he's only there for the big stuff, only there when somebody gets sick. I remember there was a um, Saturday Night Live skit with Sally Field. I think Phil Hartman played Jesus. My mother was very offended at this skit. I um, yeah, I guess I, w- I would agree with her. It was a little offensive. I'm, I'm thinking of another skit, too, where Jesus is... Uh, Uh, talking to Tim Tebow (laughs) and there, I, yeah, I would say it would be a little bit disrespectful. Um, getting to the first one with Sally field, she's just praying to Jesus about every little thing. Dear Jesus, help me to bake this bread properly. Dear Jesus, help me to clean the kitchen properly. Dear Jesus, right now I'm going to take a nap. Be with me as I take a nap. And that was supposed to be funny. My mom's like, that's not funny. I do. That's what I do all day long. And yeah, Awesome. (laughs) that's great. That's what we should be doing. We should bring him into everything. When we take a nap, cuddle up with Jesus, right? When you read a book, read it with Jesus. When you, whatever, whatever it is, that's what he wants. That's why he became our savior. That's why he came to earth so that he could be all wrapped up in all of our humanity in every different possible way which means the way you see him and the way I see him, yeah, objectively when it comes to his death and resurrection, his birth in Bethlehem, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the same stuff there. It's very, very important theological stuff that's so important and I'm, I love to talk about and I'm going to talk about more and more as the, the weeks and the months go by. But then there's the particular things about your life and my life where Jesus is going to be different for us, depending on how we bring him in and how we interact with him. The other skit with uh, Tim Tebow was just, uh, you know, he was bringing Jesus into his football game and Jesus was getting annoyed (laughs) saying, all right, enough of all this, you know, you don't have to talk to me all the time. And that's, that's disrespectful. Even if it's not disrespectful, it's still uh, inaccurate because um, Jesus I'm sure is thrilled. If Tim Tebow was talking to him during the entire football game, great, (laughs) right? We need Jesus in football. My team, the Eagles, especially needs Jesus right now. They're really struggling at the end of the season. Uh, So John the Baptist, once again, is our model, is our teacher. He holds out to us who Jesus is. He's filled with the Spirit so that we can become filled with the Spirit. He's filled with the Spirit. He sees the Spirit come upon Jesus so that then he can baptize us in the Spirit. He recognizes Jesus as the suffering servant, Messiah. He's going to die for us. He's the lamb. Later in Revelation, we'll see the lamb who was slain yet lives forever because he's conquered sin and death through his resurrection, through his ascension. So let's each continue to meditate on this for ourselves, who Jesus is, who Jesus is to me, and let's just encourage each other and strive to get Jesus in every little place. We want him everywhere. We want him in our minds and our hearts and our relationships everywhere so that it all can be redeemed so that we can find fulfillment, love, joy, happiness in everything. Have a great day today. God bless you.